This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 39 of the Catholic Foodie, Java Cafe. That's right, another episode about coffee. We're going to talk about coffee for one more episode. I want to wrap this up. Last episode, episode 38, I had so much stuff to share with you, I just didn't have enough time. I mean, the, the episode went an hour long. It was insane. But I had so much, you know, I had 10 people leave voice feedback. I mean, you think in an average of two minutes of a message, that's right there. How much? 20 minutes of voice feedback. And then you got 20-minute interview, and then you got me saying hi and goodbye for 20 minutes. I mean, it's insane. So we're going to finish it up tonight. Coffee is on the menu here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, last episode was so exciting. I had that, that incredible interview with uh, Campbell Morrison, owner of Campbell's Coffee and Tea. And uh, we got to hear his story about how he came about owning a coffee shop or coffee house. I don't know really technically what you would call it, but uh, they sell coffee there. <laughs> and it's a really cool place. And they're very green and they're very local. Uh, lots of good stuff there at Campbell's Coffee and Tea. Of course, you'd have to come to Covington, Louisiana in order to go there. Uh, but this past week, I did receive a uh, an email. Actually, it's a comment on the blog at catholicfoodie.com from Elizabeth, who is the other half of Campbell's Coffee and Tea. And this is what she had to say. Hi, Jeff. This is Elizabeth, the other half of Campbell's Coffee and Tea. I enjoy the interview with my buddy Cam and the entire podcast. I suggest the Catholic Foodie enter the Covington Rotary Club's barbecue cook-off coming in the spring of Covington, or coming in the spring to Covington. Wow, that would be kind of fun. I never thought about that. Uh, I'll have to talk to you, Elizabeth, and get some more details. I don't really know anything about it, so, but I, I'm excited. I think that'd be great. Anyway, she says, Lots of people in the civilized world refer to American coffee as umbrella water. <laughs> While mostly they are right, um, most likely they haven't tried any in New Orleans, which is what I said last uh, last episode, uh, where we like it bold, and some even like ground toasted ground up toasted weeds, <laughs> chicory mixed into. That would be me. That would be me liking the uh, ground up uh, toasted weeds. I like the chicory. Uh, our card is called a reward card. If you remember last episode. Episode 38, I was trying to explain that I had this card for Campbell's Coffee, but I, did, I didn't know what to call it. It's like, uh, it's, it's not a uh, credit card. It's not a, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you would call it. Anyway, uh, thankfully, Elizabeth saved me here, and she let me know. It's kind of like a reward card. You, um, uh, It's like a baker's dozen, she says. For every 12 drinks, I thought it was five well, on the show, uh, which shows you that I need to go in more often, right? Uh, it's a baker's dozen. For every 12 drinks, you get one free. Uh, and if we forget to offer you one, just ask. And uh, we like it when people 
Say more to us than large soy vanilla latte extra shot, please. Uh, we love to interact with our supporters and coffee enthusiasts. Preload your card with $25 and get a free drink credit. Uh, you also get a free cup of brewed coffee when you buy a pound of any of our beans. So it's really cool. Lots of good deals there at Campbell's Coffee and Tea. So if you're anywhere in this area, you know where you need to go if you want to have some good coffee and some good deals. Uh, we also do lots in the community, um, uh, lots of community support, rather. Uh, right now, we're roasting for Habitat for Humanity, uh, St. Tammany's West Women's Build 2009. We donate proceeds to them for every private label bag we sell. Uh, we're also partnered with William Pitcher Junior High School, or yeah, Junior High, uh, the Parent Teacher Student Association, for a large fundraiser in time for the holiday gift-giving the, uh, season this year. Check out our website for lots of local initiatives. That's campbellscoffee.com. And vote for us at staylocal.org to help us with their Above and Beyond Award this fall. So that's really cool. If you want to check out Campbell's Coffee and Tea, campbellscoffee.com, you go check that out. And if you like what you see, maybe go over to staylocal.org and vote for them Above and beyond, right? The above and beyond reward. Awesome. Uh, we take our stewardship of this earth and your, your taste buds seriously. So choose wisely, tread lightly, live simply, and when you buy anything, buy locally. Cheers, Elizabeth. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. That's awesome. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, as a matter of fact, that you corrected some, some of my uh, inaccuracies uh, from the episode last episode, the interview. Uh, so happy that you did that, both on the blog as a comment, and also uh, it gave me the, a chance to to go ahead and mention that here on the show, so that everybody has the right story. Thanks once again, and I really need to get in touch with you. I got to talk to you about this uh, cook-off thing. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, we also heard from uh, L. L is the only uh, name that I have for the person who left this comment. It says. Way to go with only two cups. You are stronger than I. Ha 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 ha. Love the mugs. Well, thank you, first of all, for saying that you love the mugs. I'm, um, I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy that I finally have Catholic Voodie coffee mugs, because you know how much I love coffee. And now I've got my own coffee mugs. It's awesome. And if you haven't seen those yet, you need to go, well, you can look at, uh, watch episode 38 and see them on there. I, I present them on that episode. You can also go over to sqpngear.com uh, to order coffee mugs, Catholic Foodie coffee mugs. Uh, but Al, you know, as far as being strong or, or being stronger than you with only two cups, you got to remember my cups are big. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a, a long-standing joke with me that I'm down to two cups. Uh, I used to have maybe eight cups that equal my two cups, right? <laughs> what was that? Uh, Yogi Berra has this famous... Uh, he was he had these yogiisms, right? And I think one of them was he was in a uh, pizzeria one day, and they brought him. He ordered a, a large pizza, and they brought it out to him. And he says, "Oh, excuse me," he asked the waitress, right? "Excuse me, miss, can you have them cut this into?" Uh, uh, wait, what did he say? I guess is when he ordered. He said, "Can you have them cut it into four pieces?" Because I can't eat eight. <laughs> it's the same size pizza, but he wants it cut into four pieces because he can't eat eight. Is that crazy or what? Same thing with me and my coffee. Uh, I don't drink eight cups anymore. I just drink two. 
but they're big cups. I also want to say a special word of thanks to those in the Twitter community who have forwarded or reposted uh, my post about the the coffee episode, which was entitled, um, let's see if I can get it up here, Coffee Talk with the Catholic Foodie. Uh, Danielle Bean, over at daniellebean.com. Also, Faith and Family Live. She's in uh, the Faith and Family Live podcast. Uh, Danielle had uh, shared or reposted this link uh, to, to this post and my post and my, uh, my, my episode, and I'm very thankful for that. So, Danielle, thank you so much. Well, in addition to feedback this episode, we also have uh, well, a little bit of coffee history, and I'm going to talk about the coffee drinks that I mentioned last episode but never got a chance to talk about. And then finally, I've got a surprise. Matter of fact, I just got it in the mail this afternoon. I can't believe it. Uh, perfect timing. But Shelly Kelly, who we talked, uh, we heard from last week, uh, last episode, which was Sunday, uh, we heard from her. She has sent me a package, and according to her feedback, that package contains coffee, and it came in the mail, the mail today. So I just got it this afternoon late. The mail ran late today. I don't know why it ran late, uh, but it was probably five o'clock when I got this uh, package, and I have. <laughs> I wanted to open it right away, of course. I mean, I, you know, we're talking about coffee here. Uh, but I thought, well, you know, it'd be nice to save it until I record the episode broadcast on Ustream and I could actually open it on the show. So I've got that here. We're going to do that a little bit later in the show. And uh, very excited about that. That's really cool. Uh, but right now we're going to go into a little coffee history and a few facts about coffee as we wrap up our discussion in this episode of Coffee. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the history of coffee. Uh, you know, coffee came out of Africa, and I had this really cool book. I've actually I've, I've done some research online the last um, week or so. Matter of fact, as I was preparing for last episode on coffee, and you know, there's, there's we don't know a whole lot about how it came about. Uh, it's kind of like eating oysters. I mean, who who was the first person that cracked an oyster open and ate it? I mean, you ever thought about that? I mean, that, oysters are kind of hard to eat anyway. I mean, you, you look at them, first of all, you got to crack them open. You got to shuck the oyster. But once you get it open, I mean, how appetizing does it look? I, I don't think it looks very appetizing at all. Uh, now, I love oysters, <laughs> and I've, I've grown to love them as a, uh, a young adult and then, and then an adult. Um, but as a child, they were repulsive, and... You know, it took me trying them a few times before I realized, hey, I kind of like these things, you know. But they're not appetizing looking. They don't look appetizing. Uh, But they're good. Now, my grandfather, who passed away a number of years ago, he was a a doctor of education, a teacher and a principal all of his life. Well, actually, he was a pilot in the Air Force during World War II. But after that, he was was in education all of his life. He told me that uh, he thinks that 
the whole oyster thing that somehow someone used to used to observe uh, beavers or otters I can't remember what he said uh, cracking oysters open and eating them eating the contents and so they figured oh well let me go try that and see how it is and lo and behold they thought it was pretty cool even though they didn't have Tabasco back then they thought it was pretty cool uh, so that's how it started well uh, oysters are are excellent as probably the, a topic for another show but coffee's got to be the same way you know legend has it that there was a uh, like a, a sheep herder I believe who noticed when his sheep would eat these berries off of a particular bush or tree that they would get really animated right they, they kind of the energy level would definitely pick up. And they would go from tree to tree and keep eating all these berries. And then finally, he, he noticed this and thought, thought well, goodness, it's got to be what they're eating. So he went over and he tried them. And, of course, he was very happy. And uh, that was like the beginning of, I guess, the discovery of coffee and, and what it could do. Or at least the, the berry, coffee berry. And it took a while before uh, people actually started to really, I guess, boil coffee. And uh, we started to have it in the in the in the same format or the same uh, way that we have it today as as a as a beverage. Uh, but it says the first coffee. This cool little book that I got, which is actually part of a uh, a set, a coffee. It was some kind of coffee mugs and coffee something or other set that I got a while back. So I don't think you can actually buy this book uh, by itself. It's part of the set. Uh, but it's got some really good stuff in here. Uh, history of coffee, facts, recipes, all kind of good stuff. And it says, uh, Africa gave the world coffee. It grows wild even now in Central Africa and especially in Ethiopia, where people still prepare and drink coffee in a time-honored social ritual, uh, which is very cool. You know, it says the first coffee wasn't roasted or ground or probably even drunk. Instead, people just chewed the berries and the green beans of wild coffee trees for the succulent effect of caffeine. So coffee only became a drink sometime in the 6th century. Uh, people in parts of Ethiopia began making a wine fermented from the pulp of the coffee tree's fruit or cherry. Coffee, or Coffee's name originated from this wine or uh, kawa, I believe is how you pronounce that in Arabic, kawa. And somehow or another we got coffee from that. Pretty cool. So coming out of Africa and Ethiopia, you can well imagine that, <laughs> I mean, this this started out, it really was a Muslim drink, an Arabic drink. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember when I studied history in the seminary, believe it or not, we, we talked about this, uh, there was a comment made about coffee, and I actually did a paper on this as well. And the the comment was something along these lines, that coffee, when it first came into the West, right, into Christianity, it was seen as, uh, as a Muslim drink, and it wasn't accepted. It wasn't accepted at all. It wasn't until a little while later that the church hierarchy began to accept this, and as the hierarchy approved it, or approved of it, then more and more people began to... Uh, uh, to to taste this and and begin to like it as well, and this book actually has a little excerpt here. It's called Satan's Wine. <laughs> it says the new coffee drink was not popular with everyone, 
From its earliest appearance in the coffee houses of Mecca in Constantinople, it was condemned for distracting men from their prayers. At one time, drinking coffee in Constantinople was punishable by cudgeling. Cudgeling? I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Repeat offenders were sewn into a leather bag and thrown into the Bosporus. Ouch, that would not be good. Uh, In Italy, there were moves to have the new black drink banned as the devil's brew. Only the judgment of Pope Clement VIII, who tasted coffee and liked it, allowed coffee to thrive as a Christian drink. And thrive it did. Although the early growth and trade in coffee depended on slave labor, everywhere it was grown. So it's amazing, absolutely amazing, uh, when you think about the history of coffee. I mean, this is was seen as a typically uh, uh, Muslim drink. It's brought into the West, and of course, the first thing you think, I mean, the West is responsible for beer, okay? <laughs> you have monks who live on beer the entire Lent. That's all they drink. It's liquid bread. And yet, something like coffee comes in, and because it comes in by way of the Muslims, we say, whoa, this is the devil's drink, you know, we got to stay away from that, but um, thankfully Clement VIII uh, tasted it and liked it, and and, and it became uh, acceptable here in the West. And then, of course, you had this wonderful, this wonderful development from coffee, which is just so cool, I think it's just so awesome, it's the coffee house, right, the coffee house, and I mean, we also call it coffee shops today, um, you know, we got uh, PJ's uh, coffee down here. We've got, uh, of course, we got Campbell's, right? We're not going to tread on them. We got Coffee Rainy. We've got all these different places that have uh, coffee, but it's an atmosphere. You're not just there for the coffee, you're there for the atmosphere. And it's places that in the past were places of, uh, of debate, places of uh, discussion where people could get together and talk about things, whether it's politics or religion, you know all the things you're not supposed to talk about, or philosophy or whatever it may be. And I remember as a uh, seminarian at St. Joseph Seminary College and in, in right outside of Covington, Louisiana, uh, when we had exams coming up or tests or whatever, a bunch of us guys, we would go down to, at the time, there was no Campbell's, so we would go down to PJ's on, on Highway 190, and we would go in there and stay until the place closed. We would drink coffee and we'd study together. We were talking, we were arguing philosophy. Uh, we, we were in the seminary, minor seminary, studying philosophy. That was our major. And so we'd talk about all these philosophers and we'd have our books with us and we'd argue back and forth and we would try to expound upon what, what the philosophers were saying. And I mean, it was just so awesome. And I think back to that often. I miss the days where, uh, you know, steel is sharpening steel as far as philosophy goes because we we had some incredible discussions in these coffee shops uh, or coffee houses I mean it's just really cool and unfortunately I mean as a husband a father a teacher uh, um, uh, uh, what else am I <laughs> a, a DRE for high school uh, PSR or CCD and, and uh, confirmation I just got, I've got so much going on that I don't have time to go just hang out at the coffee shop with people all the time and, and, and debate and argue and, and discuss things like I used to do. But that was so much fun. And that's kind of like the history of the coffee shops or coffee houses. And matter of fact, this particular book goes into some detail about how the coffee houses were really, they, they started at least, 
as a replacement in a way in England, as a replacement in a way of um, of bars or of pubs, because that's where you know there's a lot of drunkenness going on, and uh, coffee really offered a new way of socializing without the alcohol. So people could get together in a uh, a coffee house instead of a bar, and they could socialize and have all the other trappings right of of a bar minus the alcohol. So a different a different take, definitely a different take on things. Uh, this book also makes some comments about coffee houses and politics, and it says in the U.S. coffee was drunk first in New York which was then New Amsterdam, imported by the coffee-drinking Dutch. And in 1670, one Dorothy Jones received the first license to sell coffee in Boston. Later, the coffee house, the Green Dragon, also called the Freemason's Arms, opened, and for the next 135 years, it was the center, or at the center, of the social and political, political life in the city. And unlike the English coffee houses, the American establishments sold beer and wine, as well as coffee, tea, and chocolate. They were rowdy, (laughs) but no less important in the political and business life of early America. President George Washington was received by New York City elders at the Merchant's Coffee House, which had opened in 1737 on Wall Street. In Boston, the Declaration of Independence was read from the balcony of a coffee house, called The Bunch of Grapes. So pretty cool, the effect that coffee has had in our society. And you know, the whole thing about the coffee house, what really gets me about that is the whole communal aspect of it. The uh, it, It's a social thing. It's, it's community. It's about family, right? Which is what we say over and over and over again on The Catholic Foodie. It's all about family. Where food meets faith, the family is there. You cannot get away from the family. And... The, the coffee house, I think, is an excellent, excellent example of this communal aspect. Uh, you're there. It's, it's, you're part of a community. Matter of fact, the whole coffee thing is part of a ritual. It really is kind of ritualistic, which is how we are as human beings. I mean, if you think about it, why do we shake hands when we meet someone? It, it's a ritual. It's a social ritual. Um I've heard it said that way back when the whole handshake thing started because you wanted to demonstrate to the other person that you weren't carrying weapons. And so you both knew that you were safe talking to each other. You weren't carrying weapons. But today, what's the point of shaking hands? It's kind of an odd thing when you step back and think about it. But it's a ritual, and it's something that we do all the time. Uh, what about this one? You you walk and you, you see somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? Nine times out of ten, we don't care how they're doing. I mean, not that we don't care, but we're really not asking, how are you? And we, we don't really expect them to go into a a, a, a a monologue on how they're doing. It's just part of the ritual. You say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. How, how are you doing? And you, you, at that point in time, if you say, hey, how you doing? Typically... Especially if this is someone you're only familiar with or who may even be a stranger, it would be socially unacceptable for them to launch into a monologue about how bad they're doing right now. <laughs> you know, you don't want to hear that. You're greeting them. You're saying, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? You know, it's a ritual. Uh, it should not be 
hard to see that most of our lives are made up of rituals. Matter of fact, look at our prayer. Is it any wonder that God comes to us, calls to us, expects us to approach Him through ritual? Because it's so human. It's such a human thing. Well, coffee drinking is a ritual as well. The way that I do coffee here at the house is the same way every day. I add the same things to it every day. It is a ritual that I go I go through again and again and again. Same thing at a coffee house, coffee shop. You go there, it's a ritual. You do the same thing over and over again. Now, sometimes you may try a different flavor or different brand or something like that, but the whole thing is just like a ritual, if you get what I mean. And so is the social aspect. There's just some sort of a camaraderie among people who drink coffee together. The same thing can be said about people at bars or people at restaurants or, or what, well, maybe not restaurants, and there's a reason for that. We'll talk about it later. But uh, in, in different uh, situations, you could see the same thing happening, this camaraderie, this this community aspect, this ritual. But you definitely see it with coffee and coffee houses. Awesome stuff. Oh, <laughs> I meant to say this earlier. There's a quote from Talleyrand, who is a uh, was a French statesman. He he has a quote about coffee. He says, "Black as the devil, hot as hell, pure as an angel, sweet as love." That was his awesome description of coffee. I'm feeling mighty lonesome, haven't slept a wink. I walk the floor. And watch the door And in between I drink Black coffee Love's a hand-me-down brew I'll never know a Sunday In this weekday That's right, black coffee, black coffee. As I mentioned earlier, just today I received a package in the mail this afternoon. And this package is from one of our listeners. It's uh, Shelly Kelly, who left us some voice feedback last uh, for last episode, episode 38. And if you're on Ustream, you can see right now this package that I have in my hands. And I'm going to open it right now. I haven't opened it yet. I figured I would do it on the show. That would be very fun. So I have a, a pocket knife here. Let me get that pocket knife. All right. I'm going to tear into this package here. Things are always harder than you <laughs> than you think they're going to be, right? Oh, it opens right up like that. Very good. Okay. I didn't even need the pocket knife. Oh, check this out. Wow. We've got what's in here. Oh, my goodness, it's coffee. Fantastic coffee. Awesome. All right. Now, she she was telling me on in her feedback that she really likes the Lola Savannah coffee. This is um, a particular uh, brand of coffee. Not a bean, but a brand. And she sent me a Hawaiian grog. Which is appropriate, since just the other day it was talked like a pirate day. And what did pirates used to drink? They used to drink grog, which has rum in it. So I don't know why they call this a 
Hawaiian grog. I gotta read up about that. Hmm. And let's see, I got a lunch with Elvis. <laughs> is that funny or what? This is a coffee called Lunch with Elvis. <laughs> Unbelievable. Clear Lake blended or blend Clear Lake blend decaf. So I have a, a, a thing of decaf here, which I could drink at night. That's awesome. And let's see, we got Cafe Olay. Now is this is this the same people? Let me check. Let me look at this. It's hard to see when I've got this microphone in my face. Uh, let's see. H-E-B. Now, this is different. This is somebody else. This is H-E-B uh, coffee. It's Cafe Olay. Texas Pecan. That's what it is. It's Texas Pecan medium roast coffee. She mentioned this to me in an email, I believe, unless it was on the voice feedback. I can't remember right now. Uh, medium body coffee offers a blend of creamy caramel and Texas pecan flavors to create a smooth, classic finish, true to the Texas taste. Wow, that's very cool. The uh, the, the packaging here for the other three that she, she sent, the Hawaiian Grog, the Lunch with Elvis, and the Clear Lake Blend Decaf, I think the backs are all the same. It's just about um, Lola uh, Savannah itself <clears throat> excuse me uh, but it says basically it says we create more than a great cup of coffee we, we create an overall experience from the anticipation of that first sip to the tasty finish only the top 10% of Ara- um, Arabica Arabica I always want to say in Spanish <laughs> Arabica beans are used and roasted to peak perfection as a small batch roaster we Personally handle our products to ensure maximum freshness, quality, and consistency every time. So that's fantastic. That sounds like some good stuff. I can't wait to try it. And let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, my goodness. There's something else here she's got. Oh, before I read this out loud, I probably should I probably should uh, read it before I read it on the air. Oh, cool. All right, she says, Jeff... Enjoy these Lola Savannah samples. I know the Texas pecan is in an EHB package, but I know it is the Lola brand coffee being used. Oh, wow. Very cool. Awesome. Thanks for a great show on Sunday. Good recipes and good people. Shelly Kelly. Oh, Shelly, thank you so much. This is awesome. This is fantastic. I'm excited about this. I can't believe it. And what we're going to do, like we talked about last episode, we're going to do a taste test. How about that? We'll do a taste test with the Lola Savannah coffee and maybe try that against my uh, my CDM, Cafe Du Monde. We'll see. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Char's, she's not here, by the way. Char had to go somewhere. She was uh, out with the kids, running them all over the, 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 the city. And uh, when she gets home and sees that, oh, she's going to be excited. So <laughs> thank you, Shelly, so much. Grind up some greasy, greasy coffee beans. Columbia Dark Supreme. My heart beats fast and my eyes are wide. Make me toss and turn all night. Crazy, crazy caffeine dreams From all those greasy 
sick, greasy coffee beans. Well, that was <laughs> greasy, greasy coffee beans. Oh, my goodness. But it's coffee-related, so it's all right, huh? Well, I wanted to share with you also the fact that we are at the end of the show. I can't believe it. It's going to be a, a short show today. Uh, as I mentioned before, I wanted to uh, record episode 39 ahead of time. I really wanted to finish up the whole discussion of coffee uh, before moving on to something else. And I've got a surprise for you for this coming episode on Sunday, this Sunday, 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, on Ustream, we have a special guest that will join us uh, on Sunday. And I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. But I'll, I'll tell you this. This much I will say. We're going to talk about kids and how to get them to eat. Right, Little kids at the table. What do you do with little kids at the table? That's what we're going to be talking about on Sunday. And I'm so excited, so please join us here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith, at on the Ustream page uh, on Sunday, 3 p.m. Central Time. And before we, uh, before we move on, I wa- also want to mention to you that uh, there's a new website that's been launched. It's, it was just launched a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's called iBloom.com. And it's actually I I Bloom I I Bloom dot com, um, a very cool Catholic place, a new Catholic place for young adults. Uh, it's got lots of different information on there for uh, people in all kind of situations in life. Uh, it's Catholic to the core, and it's calling out to young adult Catholics. Excellent stuff. You got faith. You've got prayer. You've got spirituality, you've got culture, you got politics, you got everything here on iBloom.com. And another thing that you have there on iBloom.com is the Catholic Foodie. That's right, I was invited to be an expert, as they call them, an expert on uh, iBloom by the, the people who launched this website. And so I have a, um, a, a column or a, a page or uh, whatever you want to call it there, in the, in the culture section for food and, and cooking uh, that you may want to check out. It's iBloom.com. It's iibloom.com. And uh, the Catholic food is over there. And, the, and the, another cool thing that I want to tell you now is that not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, I'm going to have the, the founders, the creators of this website, iBloom.com, on the show. They're going to be with us. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, I, I can't wait for that particular uh, episode to get here. It's going to be so much fun. And I would love for you to join us once again uh, live on uh, a, on Sunday, 3 o'clock Central. Not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday. So we got two Sundays in a row, 3 p.m. Central. Join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you would like to leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie, anything you'd like to say about, well, I mean, since we've got kids at the table coming up, I mean, maybe you've got kids and you're thinking, oh my goodness, how do I get them to eat anything? How do I get them to uh, to sit at the table and behave? How do I get them from, you know, pulling my hair out while we're sitting at the table? What do I, what do, I do? How do I handle these kids? If you've got a situation like that, why don't you... Call us at 985-635-4974 and tell us about your situation, ask your question, and maybe we can address that on the show next week. 
Or maybe you have kids who are perfectly behaved at the table, which means that you would not be part of my family. Uh, <laughs> my kids are, uh, well, they're very active. They're very active. I don't know if you can imagine that, but they're very active. I often tell people I've got three children, but when they're in motion, it's like it's six, right? It's like I have six when they're in motion. The key to that is they're always in motion. So um, anyway, if you have kids who are perfectly behaved and you've got some secret you want to share with the, the rest of the world, call me, 985-635-4974, or shoot us an, e- an email at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Uh, let's see, is there anything else I need to tell you? Feedback? Oh, one last thing I just added to the website today. There is now a donate button. If, uh, if you like what you hear on the Catholic Foodie and you like what you see on the blog, it would be awesome if you, uh, if you wanted to, to help us out with the sound quality of the Catholic Foodie. There's a few, uh, a few things that I need to upgrade here with my uh, sound equipment and uh, it would be awesome if you if you like what you hear and you want to help to uh, improve the sound quality of the show uh, to donate a little bit. That would be very, very nice, very appreciated, very much appreciated. So you can go to catholicfoodie.com, and on the right-hand side, I'm double-checking, on the right-hand side of the page, uh, just below the SQPN um, block, you've got a uh, Help Improve the Quality of the Blog and Podcast donate button. That is a PayPal button. You can use any credit card and uh, make a little contribution to the Catholic Foodie and help me improve the quality of the show. Anyway, thank you so much for considering that, and um, I can't wait till the next episode. And until then, bon appétit! SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.